Welcome everybody to Two Rivers, Two Takes, where there is one expert on a geeky, nerdy TV show subject. And one who is relatively new to it. So I'm the expert on this current season subject, which is the Book of Boba Fett. I know a lot about Star Wars and I'm Daryl. I am Philip, and I know very little about Star Wars. So, um, we previously covered Wheel of Time, and we still have some Wheel of Time coverage coming. We're going to sprinkle in some episodes. Yes, we have the X-ray content and our thoughts and feelings about the new spring. Which is a prequel which Star Wars loves. Yes. If there's one thing that Star Wars loves, it is a prequel. And Book of Boba Fett is sort of... A prequel to the new trilogy. Yes. Yes. The latest trilogy. Correct. Because there are three trilogies. Yes. This is In the Skywalker saga. Yes. yes. So this is where I sort of get my timelines confused. And as we discussed in last week's episode, there were many questions about who exactly is Boba Fett. Is he the kid? Is he the old guy? Is he he's both? Sort of, and he's both. And but at different times because yeah. he grew. So that was a whole thing. Yeah, and this week's episode, um, it was called The Tribes of Tatooine. Yes. And so you know Tatooine by now. It's a desert planet because every planet in Star Wars only has one biome. And Tatooine's is all desert all the time. What I most know about Tatooine is that it is a binary sun system. Because Jeremy Messersmith, a, I guess he's, I don't know how to describe him in terms of like how big he is, but he is a local musician and he did a nerdy song, um, Twin Sons of Tatooine. And it's like a nerdy little love song where two is exactly the right number. So that's basically all I know about Tatooine is it has two sons. Oh. And it's very sandy. Yeah. Sand everywhere. A uh, famous quote from the prequel trilogy is Anakin Skywalker saying, I hate sand. Yes. Which, same. Because he grew up there? Yes. He was a slave there. Oh. And then he was a Jedi in training. Ah. And for someone like Boba Fett, who has a lot of armor, the sand doesn't seem to get in the gears. Well, yeah. I think that it would. Yeah, you think that droids wouldn't really work that well either. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we see some current Boba Fett content, which in line with last episode is my favorite Boba content from this series. Like, we see some good stuff with him going to see the mayor, who is, oh, the species, it starts with an I, like, Ithorian or something like that. It's based off of one alien in the very first Star Wars movie that was seen in the cantina. That was called Hammerhead. It is like a long... It's like Clippy, but Muppet slash alien form. Yes. Clippy from Microsoft Word. Yes. Where it's like Big very eyes. long, oblong. There are eyes off to the side of everything else. Yes. And the mouth is way back. With a little translator, which is helpful. Yes. So we are sort of getting a view, but this is after they... Uh, squeeze the murderer assassin the for, assassin informa- for information they yes. drop him into a pit and it rang a very distant bell for me and so i asked have we seen this pit before and daryl says yes <laughs> it's the rancor pit and 
they did this just for show because the Rancor was killed by Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi oh, years prior to this. It was crushed to death by that inner gate where the little mouse lives now. Oh, and the little mouse is just washing its face like, hello. I am minding my own business just as Nora, our bun bun, is washing her face right now. And um, it's super interesting to see that they still are using some of the terror techniques that Jabba used. It obviously worked. They yeah. got the information on who was coming after them. This assassin, which Fennec had some thoughts and feelings of, like, they're not worth much. You are paying for the name more than any sort of effectiveness from these assassins. Which is sort of true because they're like, our reputation is that we don't say anything to anyone under when we're captured. Mm. And they just dropped him in the pit and he was so afraid of the thought of the Rancor that he blurted out that the mayor had sent him. Yes. And the Rancor, it's having a rough year. Um, Hasbro tried to do basically a crowdfunding campaign to produce a giant rancor sort of like i have the sentinel for the x-men okay like giant thing and it failed it did not get funded oh so the rancor not funded in toy form and r.i.p in book of boba fett form you're still gone but there was something from later in the episode that is a consumer toy but we will get to that later yes um he goes to the mayor, chats with the mayor, the assassin gets killed, Yeah, and they're given money because they brought in this assassin, and Boba's like, nope, I'm taking this as your tribute to me, actually. Yeah, the mayor tried to be like, this is your reward for bringing in this assassin who isn't supposed to operate anywhere outside of such and such space, such and such, whatever systems they control. Mm. Yeah, hut space, I think. And because Jabba the Hutt is dead now, Tatooine isn't part of hut space. But then there's huts. There's cousins. There are cousins that may be conjoined twins. We're not sure. Yeah, they were placed in an interesting way, so they sort of wrap around each other. So when you get a back view, you can see where the brother's tail goes back. Because the sister's tail is in front, and you're like, are they stuck together? Are they not? They appear to be not. But you know what they do have? A fan. A fan and a litter. A litter, yes. But also the fan because she is a true queen. Yes. And whips her fan out. But she doesn't do the the, the sassy whipping it open. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's saying gay rights or not. I <laughs> hope she is. But they're... They, the, I do appreciate that they're doing a running gag of like... Oh, oh I didn't hear your litter. <laughs> I didn't see you come in. You weren't on a litter. Um, so that's fun. It is. And they determined not to shoot it out, so it's not truly Old West in Mos Espa right now. Still, it definitely has that feeling, though, of, like, Boba went to, after the mayor, they went to the cantina with Jessica Biel as that alien. Yeah. And it was very much going to the Old West saloon. And we did see our scantily clad himbo in the background. We love a scantily clad himbo. Yeah, he was just chilling. I was very fearful in the first 30 seconds that we weren't going to see him. Um, but he did pop up. 
So, yes, I uh, hope we see more of him in uh, every way, shape, and form. So we got that interaction, and Jessica Biel's like, oh, you didn't know? And, like, makes significant eye contact towards the door, mm. where you can hear the drums and the procession and the litters. And these two hut siblings. Yeah, and they think that Jabba died, they're the cousins. Therefore, they inherit everything. Yes. There's a little blue glowy tablet, and Boba Fett's like, I don't care about your tablet. Yeah. And that's, I think that's pretty much it for current content. There is a character reveal. There is a... Chewy. Oh yeah, the yeah, evil Chewbacca. We have a a, a Wookiee. Yes. And we just got done um with a nerdy board game campaign involving Colfang. And so it was a nice tie in to what we had just been playing of like, here's this Wookiee with darker fur streaked with grey. It's sort of like this wolf in this game. Yes, very aggressive looking. Yes. Um, and it, um, the evil Wookiee just sort of gives them stink eye and follows the litter. Yeah, there was there any of that iconic? No, there is no uh, Wookiee speak. That I'm, it, it's disappointing. Yeah, or maybe that's why it's such an evil Wookiee. Hmm. Maybe like, it's mute. They, or they just show the evilness by not giving us any adorable Wookiee sounds. Mm. And then Boba goes back into his back-to-tank of dreams. Was it even the tank? Or I feel like it went straight back in time to a flashback. I feel he went back in because we saw the mouthpiece, I thought. Oh, maybe. Maybe, or that was a flat part of the flashback at the beginning. I don't know. But There's then flashbacks. There then we are in the flashback for the rest of the episode. And I'm really hoping this is the last long-form flashback of this season because this is getting real old real quick. It was... It didn't seem like anything new or groundbreaking. It seemed like it was falling into the general storylines of, oh, we are taking you in and teaching you our ways. Oh, you have ways that you can help us. So there's like a train heist involved. Like he, so Boba Fett was being trained in how to fight with, which we now know is like a curved staff. Yes. Or staff with a curve at the end. But it, before it looked like a shower. Well, pipe. well, I knew what it was. But... Oh, look at you knowing things. Yeah, I didn't know that it was basically very hard wood that they cured in fire. Yeah. I thought it was metal. So there's some training things. And then this high speed train comes through just shooting people. And, and the bantha. And there's a bantha. Like, if they did the crowdsourcing thing to make a gigantic bantha, it would have happened because those things are so cute. They are. And they're also small stuffed animals. Yes, I found one on clearance at Target a few years ago. Well, I found a couple. And gifted... I, I still have one, though. Oh, you retained one for yourself. Yes. And gave one to the godson. Yes, and I think another one? I don't know. How many, I forget how many I found in clearance, but... But they were very cute, and yes. it was very sad that this bantha got shot by these people on the train. 
who seem to have a lot of open space on this train. They just open windows and shoot, and it looks very empty inside. And my first reaction is like, is this an Old West allegory? And it absolutely is. This is... For sure. This is so settlers going through and shooting all the buffalo. Yep. That straight up, that is what it is. And this really leans into the title of the episode, Tribes of Tatooine, where they are now an allegory for Native Americans in my book and um, trying to just live on their land and do their thing. And it's being interrupted by this this other species, this hover train. train. So you really, growing up, you love Thomas. I did love Thomas the Tank Engine. So uh, what train would this one be in Thomas' world? Uh possibly diesel because i didn't get a great it didn't seem like it was a train for good so what's diesel diesel is more nefarious he stirs up trouble he's a diesel engine Mm -hmm. obviously yes Yes. so yeah yeah and then uh, we see boba fett go and get some speeders. Yeah, the the ship, the little motorcycle things that look like Klingon disruptors. Yes. Lots of very long forward thing, some fins for accent. Yeah. And he basically beats everyone up in this bar as they were trying to beat up some farmer. Yeah. Which is... In line with what we saw in the first episode. Yes, where it was these people who were beating up the moist, moisture farmer. Yeah. And taking his stuff, breaking his fountain, and riding off. So there's some comeuppance for the bad guys here, which is nice. It's reassuring to see. Um, Boba takes all of these back to his friends, the Tusken Raiders. Yeah, I was wondering how he was tugging them behind, because if you have a floaty thing behind you that you're pulling along, and you break... Those things should just keep on going. Yeah, he should. But they didn't he pro- collide. They seem to have some sort of, like, parking brake installed. So if they're just drifting, they come to a stop. Yeah. And maybe he slowed down a lot going into the camp. He just started slowing down, like, three miles back. Yes. He's getting all the fuel efficiency he can out of that that hover bike. He is. So uh, he gives them to them, and they immediately start just banging on them and trying to tear them apart. For parts. Right. And he stops salvagers, them. salvagers, right? No, those are the Jawas. Oh. But they can probably make stuff out of this. Yeah. So they are stopped. Boba goes into a long training montage. It is. It's such a long training montage. And this Echo is a training montage that we've had... In, in the Mandalorian movie ever, <laughs> and in the Mandalorian, there was a training montage where the Mandalorian trains some villagers to defend their village in the first season. It's... Is that a swampy village? Yes. So it planet of swamp. Yes, but not like swamp like Dagobah where Yoda lived. More oh. boggy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. Uh, an, an echo thing. of that, and I don't know why we are getting so many training montages in every single Disney Star Wars series right now. 
It was lengthy. And then you get, like, they're hopping from one hover bike to the next hover bike. And sometimes it's funny, like, he landed and almost sat down and then fell off again. Har, har, har. And then the next time he sticks the landing, it's a miracle. One time he got ran over. He did get that ran was, over. That was funny. And and it seems rough. Like, these people lost a bunch of people. They lost a Bantha in the first train attack. And now they're training to fight the train. And then they do it. They set up an early warning system. A Bantha gets shot again, yeah. which is real sad. Yeah. And then we get this big battle scene. Yeah. Oh, and they burn their dead. Yes. And we uh, couldn't figure out where they were getting the wood to do it. Yeah. Um, or if it's just Bantha poop. Yeah. Uh, oh, we skipped over another sort of allusion to Native American culture, which is the vision quest. Uh, brought yeah. on by the lizard that shoved in Boba's nose. Yeah. And he has some sort of psychedelic reaction to it. And then they ditch him in the desert. <laughs> or something. <laughs> He's it's just... Not entirely he wanders how... back in his long underwear <laughs> with a piece of wood. He has this image of this tree and the limbs of the tree start to encircle him. back, Similar to how he was being eaten and swallowed and digested. And he's like, no. And he rips a branch from it. Yeah, and brings it back. Um, and this becomes his weapon, fashioned in the same style as the other Tuscan people, and the same as the his trainer, basically, who keeps beating him up and hitting him over the head. Yes. So. Yes, he has his own gaffy stick now. Yes. All right, back to the train. Trains are coming around the bend. Yeah. There's an early warning alert. But not early enough for some. Then they proceed to jump on it. It is very like Wild West jumping from horses onto the train to try and. Yeah, I'm it wasn't cur- entirely clear. Are they trying to destroy the train? Are they stopping the train? Are I'm, they... I'm currently stuck on a level in Red Dead Redemption 2 where you have to do a train heist. It is very hard. Are they robbing it? Like, it's not entirely clear what their plan is besides to get on this train i thought it was to stop it but i don't know how they intend to stop it by murdering everyone by sabotaging it they definitely murder everyone and granted some of these people get their comeuppance like how dare you shoot a bantha that thing is adorable yes um and but they lose some raiders again they do like some one gets like shot right off the get-go Someone makes the leap from their bike onto the train, but then the dude opens a window and shoots them right away. Mm. Or shoots them right away. It's just, it doesn't seem to be going terribly well. No. And then there's that one badass Tuscan Raider. Yes, the who one cruises who's training. Up. He, he comes up and he's like, I'm going to fuck some people up. And don't you worry. And he goes in the interior of the train and just starts yanking people down. And like he pops up. Where only Boba and the other Tuscan Raiders can see him. And he's like, shh. And then he goes back down and yanks some more people and murders them. Yeah. Boba gets to the engine. But it's like this little droid who like realizes something wrong, tries to make the train go faster. Except he was the one escalating everything. He. Uh, it's just very odd that yeah. the droid conductor 
make can make the train only go fast in little fits and spurts. Mm-hmm. Like it'll do a pulse of speed and then it'll go back to normal. Yeah. And do another pulse of speed. And the droid eventually just jumps ship. Yes. And it, it, good for it. Because I would jump from that train too. If I could survive like that droid did. Yeah. Many legs just sort of walked off like an arachnid. So we get this train scene and then the train crashes somehow. Yep. And there are the aliens who need the water that's on the train and the Tuscan and Bobo's like, if you walk this direction for this many days, you'll reach a town. No, by the end of the day. Well, by the end of the day. Yes. And they're like, we're going to sweat to death. And he's like, you can have one of our water squashes each. Yeah. You can drink its milk. And then they burst the water car off the train. And collect it in containers, except they should have done this in a more pragmatic fashion. But right, it's Tuscan Raiders, so they're known for being a bit brutal. They're under the Tuscan sun. Yes. It's very strange. And... That's a lot of water being wasted. Yeah. And you think if water is such a a rarity, you'd be super careful in bursting that so you can collect as much as possible. You wouldn't burst it. You would tap it. Yes. And it was it was just strange. So we couldn't figure out what was happening plot-wise in this. Like, what was the purpose of showing us all of this? And it's him becoming a full part of the Tuscan Raider family with a black cloak. Yes. Which you were like, is he a Sith now? I did. I was like, is he a Sith? Sith? Which he's not. But he looks like he could be yeah. in that getup. Yeah. I mean, wearing black in the desert, bold choice. Yes. And so that's where the episode sort of ends. After this train heist and they send the the people, the people on their way. They bur- and, like, there's not even a funeral scene for the people who died trying to take down the train. No, I thought this episode ended really abruptly. All of a sudden, boom, credits after that. And I I wasn't a fan of this episode. I feel it tread so much water. Yeah. And, though, I, and, and it didn't seem to be that much development. Like, it gave us an Old West story. And they could have fit all of this development of him becoming trusted by them and becoming one of their culture in the first episode. They could have written it pretty smartly to just happen all in one episode. This is how Boba got his groove back. This is how he got his gaffy stick. He got it under the Tuscan sun. Yeah, and that's it. Instead, it is the main part of two episodes yeah, And I thought the stuff was more interesting, again, in the present of this story. Yeah, you get more, like, machinations, what are the politics of this city that they're in. Yeah. And how can he overcome it if he's going to really take control over this crime network thing? Question yeah. mark. I also don't understand if he's this galactic bounty hunter, why is he so concerned with a crime syndicate on one world and doing good yeah is it, he so is he a good person is he i don't not know a good person? like uh, bounty hunters are super gray traditionally obviously 
It's like, we do it for the money. Yes. But... It, she works hard for her money. If if Donna Summer can do it, so can Boba. Um, but... Uh, he's, we see him being a... He's like, trying... His motivations are... Unclear. But seem intrinsically good. He's trying to oust corruption in this mayor. Maybe. But he still wants tribute from the syndicate. I don't know. I For for a new person, I don't know if Boba Fett is a, someone I should be rooting for or like an anti-hero you should be rooting for. I don't know if he qualifies as an anti-hero from the framing of this series yet. It, they're trying to build him up in like in wrestling turns they're doing giving him a face turn like to make him super sympathetic to yeah. the audience and like I don't even know if that's consistent with the character that's been set up already in the movies I thought he was a bad guy and he's all over this marketing stuff as a bad guy but now he's trying to be good maybe but in a why this world? Why this crime syndicate? What? What is his tie to this place? Or is Other, it because the Tuscan Raiders? Or uh, yeah, like the present tie is it due to the Tuscan Raiders, and he's trying to create a better world for them, and solve the issues so that they can live an undisturbed life. Maybe that's the point of the series. But if it is, that's to me boring. It's... That's not what I signed up for with this TV series. I, uh, well, Mandalorian is a bounty hunter, and you got to see a lot of bounty hunter shit happening. Yes, which was fun, and I thought we would get more of the same because Boba Fett is the OG bounty hunter, right? And I thought he would be bopping around, interacting with maybe some other things we saw from the original trilogy some of those other bounty hunters that he was in that first scene with Dengar and everything IG-88 which we saw another evil droid in Mandalorian being a nanny oh so yeah it's just an interesting turn slash swerve and in the context of like if to explain why he's on this planet, I guess it makes sense for him to go so deep into these flashbacks as to his ties to the these Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. But... Uh, it was just very... I just wasn't a fan of the old westiness of it. I could deal with old westy, because a lot of the Mandalorian, if you look at the plot structures, it is very spaghetti western. Okay. But it's... Also on different worlds. So you're getting the story mechanics, but you're getting it in different settings. This is straight up old American West. Are we getting the Deep Space Nine treatment where people are like, why aren't you on a ship bopping around to other planets? And they're like, we're on a station. Maybe it's that Maybe. I, but yeah. And we are only on the second episode there's not a whole lot that's intriguing me about this, though, which is concerning. As a longtime fan, I am just meh on it. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'll keep watching because it is new Star Wars. But at this point, I am already sort of looking forward to like the Obi-Wan series instead. Oh. Which, again, yeah. will probably be on the desert planet. <laughs> They're... 
It's a lot of sand for a lot of droids to deal with. Yeah, but they're getting some bang for their buck in terms of how they film this is on that really cool circle set where it's like the giant circular screen around them so they don't have to build a ton of stuff. Oh, that's cool. So uh, the whoever programmed in their Tatooine atmosphere, I hope they're getting royalties for yeah. all of this because it's all on a desert planet. Um, oh, a hot piece of gossip I came across oh. is that Harrison Ford wrapped up what is thought to be a cameo for this series. He spent about three days filming recently. But didn't he die in the last movie? Well, yeah, but this is before all of those movies. Oh, Okay. He died in Force Awakens, which happens... The first of the latest trilogy. Yes. Okay. So my thought is they're probably going Timelines. to bring him in and de-age him like they did with Mark Hamill in The Mandalorian. Oh, they did the CG, CGI de-aging process? For Mark Hamill, yeah. Uh, when he showed up as Luke Skywalker in the last episode. Hopefully he looks better than Randall Thor's dad in The Wheel of Time. He does. And... Star Wars, in my opinion, has done it really right. Um, Some people have super strong feelings about how they dislike it and how it doesn't look right, especially in Rogue One, where you had Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, at the very end. And um, And Grandma. Um, Peter Kushner? Cushing. Cushing, from the Hammer Horror movies. Yes. Who they just CGI'd him in. Yes, that was a total CGI. Okay. Which, when I first saw it in the theater, maybe call me naive, but I was like, how did they get an actor that looks so like Peter Cushing? <laughs> I didn't recognize that it was CGI the first time I saw that movie. Oh, okay. So, so I, Star Wars, like, it's bought on and it's CGI yeah, for people. Yes. So... Uh, um, Han Solo is probably going to pop up I'm thinking in the last episode they're going to toss it in as a little morsel um, as a treat yes but um, thoughts on this episode overall I already gave mine I mean it's fine if it wasn't so predictable yeah that's another th- it was predictable I, you knew that they were going to stop this train and solve the problem. It was the issue of the week, and it doesn't really tie into the present day. And they need to tie this up. Like they need to merge the past and the present next episode. And I felt like it was sort of shallow on character development. We didn't get as much as we wanted about the politics of the his Boba Fett's current timeline, and it didn't. I don't feel like I learned very much from this episode. Mm, That's fair. So that's my thought. So maybe it's just setting up for a stellar episode next week. I hope so. We need something for me to really latch onto to save my interest in this series because it is at a low point right now. Oh. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. And I was really excited for the series too. Yeah. All right, so everyone, join us on our Instagram at Two Rivers Two Takes. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this episode and this series. Yeah, let us know if we missed something huge and you were like, how can you not talk about this one thing? Yeah. 
Like, maybe that's a thing that would make us appreciate this episode more. Yeah. All right, everyone. So until next week. Take care. Stay safe. Bye.